Due to the adjustment in our lineup, it's not entirely clear who starts, but if we're going off of what it would have been. Uh, Max, how you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It'd be Max anyway. Peter Point, not too long ago. Yeah, how how is that? You have fun. I don't. You don't check me as a roller coaster person. Uh, I'm not a great one, but I like roller coasters. Like which ones did you ride? Uh, all of them. All of them. I mean, all, all the ones them. that are important. But you rode the top field dragster. Yeah. I have not ridden the top field. The top field. It's great. It's not actually that bad because literally you can blink. And it's like oh, the ride's over. I have I mean, not I don't ridden the top field dragster, and I played Gareth. No. <laughs> Okay, Matt, out of everyone who went to freaking Cedar Point, the one with the... Oh, my gosh. I'm just happy you didn't die that day. Yeah, we went on we went on everything except, I could, you could say, we didn't go on the Raptor, which... Oh, I don't the know. Raptor is great. Well, I mean, I've been on the Raptor a bunch of times before, and by the time, like, it, like we could have gone on it, but by the time I was, like, tired... And like my head was spinning and whatever from like all the roller coasters and the heat all day. I was like, mm, I'm just gonna pass it. Uh, but we rode the Valraven, we rode the Gatekeeper, we rode the Maverick, we rode the Millennium, the Magnum, uh, Max Air, Skyhawk. I don't know if I'm forgetting any. The Wicked Twister. You're no, we did not ride the Wicked Twister because I think the Wicked Twister is dumb. Did you ride the Mean Twister? No, the mean streak is being ter- in the process of being ter- torn down and replaced. Oh, really? Yeah, and you could. Yeah, because it's awful. It's an awful roller coaster. Is it actually? I've never ridden. Yes, I've- it's just. It, have you ever like? It's mean, Larson. It literally will <laughs> murder your back if you ever yeah, rode on it. It's just not actually that. It's not even that intense. It's just kind of. No. Hurts. Oh yeah, I I guess I didn't. We didn't ride the Rougarou either, but. What is a Rougarou? <laughs> replace oh. the Mantis. Okay. Which the mantis was the mantis. awful ride. It, it is the mantis, except you sit down. It's it is the mantis, but if the mantis like tried to give anybody comfort while riding it, it's the mantis, which is which is nonsense. <laughs> no, it's not nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. You're not supposed to be comfortable on a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. You're supposed to be terrified. You're supposed to be on the edge of your seat, and I can't imagine a better no, way to do that. Okay, okay, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you, but I think there's no point where you should feel physically hurt by the end of it. We'll just have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> If no I am not, no gay. This is a real kinky stuff, dude. <laughs> you know, first, first this movie. I, I, I think Matt's inner personality is coming out today. Well, now you've mentioned the movie, so it must be mentioned. Well, I, I mean, watched a black exploitation film earlier today called. You could have just lied. Oh my god! You've been talking about this thing everyone. nonstop since we got on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it with your parents around. I think it, I think it made it better that it. before I joined the Discord, I watched the trailer for it. <laughs> watch, watch it with your friends. Smoke a little pot. You'll love it. Well, that, that kind of leads into what I want to talk about, because it's been, as far as I'm concerned, it's been millennia since we last recorded one of these. And in that time, we have all watched a fair amount of stuff. We all watched Kill the Kill. It was... Matt's first time watching it, and it's Max's first time watching the dub. So, uh, mm. what'd you guys, what'd you guys think of it? Because we haven't really talked about it too much. Artsy and the soundtrack was pretty great. 
it's theming was all over the place. I don't I don't want to like get into specifics in case people haven't watched it and intend to. They've watched it. You don't you don't know that, Matt. They, Matt, what did I you know say next? They've watched it. No, they <laughs> if, if no if anybody cares to have watched it, like in like if they're in the anime, they've watched it. Freaking weebs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Harris, I know you've seen Kill a Kill. Oh, well, yeah. Boy, <laughs> 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 yeah. Two weeks after it came out. <laughs> did you watch it? Did you watch it on Adult Swim as it as it came out? Oh uh, no, not as it came out. I think it was like when it was coming out on freaking Crunchyroll. I think it was back when um. Like, I, was, like I don't know if you understand, Larson, but like. That show was supposed to be the savior of anime. Well, yeah, anime, anime is a mistake. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it was supposed to, it was supposed it to like, revitalize, like, the... Or, like, it was, like, hyped up to be, like, something that was going to revitalize the industry and to be something, like, really great. I mean, I mean, you can tell with all these grand themes like, yeah, that it's, it's playing around with oh. that it basically totally drops yeah. after the first couple episodes. But, like, the the scent of them lingers on throughout the show. I don't know. It's weird. I, I think that the way I'd describe Kill a Kill, if I had to give you, like, one sentence, is I'd describe it as a not particularly good show with a few very good parts. There is... I don't know if I would actually describe it if given that opportunity I think I would just ask whomever I'm speaking with do people get nosebleeds when they get around is that a <laughs> thing that happens because that happens all the time and kill the kill that's a trope Matt you and you know it's a trope yeah but like why is it a trope first first of all because it I, happens it's a real thing. I don't I don't really watch anime I could understand it. Like, I'm familiar enough with, like, the language of storytelling to be able to look at it and go, okay, I guess that's what that's communicating. But still, who gets a nosebleed just from an upskirt? What? Honestly, I would see a doctor if that were happening. You should. One of the guys who does it is a doctor. Randomly bleeding because he saw the stuff. Or because you saw a an upskirt of like, you know, I, I, like I, a sixteen I, I looked year old girl. I looked it up on Google. The first article is anime's bloody nose trope isn't backed by science. Just from Kotaku. That's a Kotaku <laughs> article though, so it could be actually completely wrong. That's Why would Kotaku lie about its own things? <laughs> you you think someone would do that? Just go on the internet and tell lies. Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> anime was a mistake. Two bombs weren't enough. Matt, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Look, that. But what? What is? I want to know the origin of the nosebleed trope. Well, it's probably someone got a nosebleed at some point. Well, they were and they if you want a if you want a like, funny uh, story about that, there's a whole anime de- devoted to that trope. Is is, is it kill the kill? No, <laughs> it's it like it is not kill the kill. It's uh that happens it's like five times in one episode. Yeah. Multiple characters. Oh, thank you. Also, Matt, I'm surprised you smelled theming in those first couple episodes because, in my opinion, its first couple episodes are incredibly weak. Really. 
like relative I mean, to like, the rest of the show. After after Sankets the uh, or or Sanketsu for the weeps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Weave Squad, Weave Mafia in, in the office. Or also, also known as Senketsu in Weebish. After he's like, you're wearing me, but you're not really wearing me. And he's let go of your shame. That, that is sort of the the grand theming they're starting, because that sort of goes back into, like, like the biblical genesis of, like, Adam and Eve... Yeah, not Adam and Steve, and them wearing clothes because <laughs> they, they ate the apple of knowledge. It, it, it never goes anywhere. Yeah, it's like it's. Well, I mean, yeah, they do. They talk about like clothing being the original sin, which you can you can pretty easily make the connection of the original sin to clothing, and that's kind of interesting. But they do kind of drop that later on, and they fight the space yarn. It's they they completely drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I say it's not a particularly good show. But good God, has it got some music, man? Oh yeah, I mean, even if you haven't seen, there it is. I found it. Probably heard the song "Don't Lose Your Way" or no, that's not its name. It's like it's "While My Body Is Still dry. dry." Yeah, that one. It's like that, and it's it's a drop. Is amazing, <laughs> but it's not even the best song in the soundtrack. I still give that to Blumenkrantz because Blumenkrantz is bloody terrifying. I don't, I don't remember that. All I remember is to not lose my way Blumen- in my mind. Blumenkrantz Whoa. is the song that plays whenever Ragio shows up. It's Ragio's theme. Oh right, that's through Trine. So that's really, it did get it. It did get us through Trine. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I and and Satsuki's theme is great. I don't know what that's called. I don't think it has an English name, but Satsuki's theme is great. And there's some parts that have really good musical cues, and of course the animation is pretty good. Pretty, it's pretty gorgeous in a lot of places. I I think the animation is done really well. Yeah, I like the animation. That's one of the reasons I, I enjoyed watching it. This is the style. Yeah. I I especially like I don't think any of the character designs are too strong by themselves. I mean Gamagori is pretty great, let's be honest. Gamagori was pretty special. special I mean, Gamagori had a bondage fetish that never went anywhere. And that confused uh, me. Wait, what are you talking about? Gamagori. <laughs> Matt, if you had a bondage oh, what about Gamagori? Max, were you oh, gone? That. You can't just leave or just well, no, record the podcast. It's, it's more so that like I'm muting myself so you don't have to here, out like my uh, family. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like I, I, I mean, I'd be okay with the whole bondage fetters thing if it wasn't sort of emphasized pretty heavily in one scene and was sort of central to the idea of his entire power shtick. But it was. Mm-hmm. And they never went anywhere with it. It wasn't really, I don't think. I don't think they ever put too much emphasis on it. I think they just put that on, like, that's a quirk. That's kind of one of his quirks. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's sort of, like, hinted at with, like, his backstory. But, like, which comes after it's introduced, I suppose. But, like... His backstory has nothing to do with that. 
it comes from like how he's like you know, a stalwart doesn't give up and like whatever and he like takes that punishment from uh, uh, Satsuki and his resilience is shown and then like he joins Satsuki because Satsuki's like wow you're pretty resilient and like I guess like it's sort of like hint that like but it doesn't really guarantee it <laughs> and so I don't I don't really know like I'm not going to sit there and defend Gamagori and why he has a bondage fetish but it seemed it almost seemed like a persona moment persona yeah, no, no kink shaming here we're like we're like he just like that's his true self <laughs> like it was, he like shows it through his Goku uniform I don't know I, I don't know it's weird <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend I don't like Gamagori almost purely because of how fun he is when he's just in the scene just how big he gets and how small he gets. It's funny. It's good visual humor. And that can go a long way, I think. It always does. Go watch every Edgar Wright movie. Visual humor. I tried to, but I can't mooch off your Netflix. I'm, I'm working with the bank, okay? Matt, do you, want, do you want me to just pay it this month? Because I can. It's fine. I'll have it back up tomorrow. It's just the bank messed up. Well, messed up. A, a, a life lesson for all, all you children. Do not let customer service people do things without them expressly conveying to you what it is they are doing. Or else you will be locked out of your bank account. For no apparent reason. And then in turn, Larson will be locked out of your Netflix. Yeah. How am I supposed to watch, um, what's his name? Is his name Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Oh, dude, I got the comics. Well, I got technically, they're like novel book things. Well, actually, actually, Larson, if you want, I have it on my Amazon. And we could come over tomorrow and watch it. Well, I, I, work, I work four to close tomorrow. I'm not saying no, but I am saying I get home at about 10.45 on Saturdays. That's just going to bring a okay. TV to also, work and just put it on. The... <laughs> I mean, today and tomorrow are also your last chances to see the cats because the kittens are going back to the Humane Society to get their genitals ripped off and then be sold to new... To the highest bidder, to African warlord. <laughs> You know, I, it was a mistake. you know, I've been thinking about that, and the thing about adopting cats is usually when you adopt a pet, you give them a new name. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you, if you guys have ever had pets, they probably had a name when you first adopted them, but you gave them a name that you thought suited them or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, we did that too. Like, Panther's name used to be Bader, but now it's Panther. And I think okay. I think Dot's name was Big Mama or something like that. <laughs> Big Mama, did you? Did Big you Mama ad- in the house. Did you adopt her when she was a kitten? Dot. Yeah. Uh, we adopted her from the Humane Society, so I mean, same thing really. I don't know. But like, was was her name always Big Mama, even when she wasn't very? The big? thing is, I don't know. The Humane Society doesn't really tell you. They just sort of have these names to identify the cats by at the Humane Society. Which makes me wonder, A, are they going to keep the names we gave the cats at the main society? And B, will their new owners call them by different names? I have a hard time fathoming that, of calling these... I guess, that's, I guess that depends on the owners. Special. Their names mean things to me. It just means a lot to me that one of them is named after a Ruby character. Okay? 
I, I kind of figured that that's where you were going with that. Yeah. I mean, I like I like all their names to an extent. But, I mean, Blake's is my favorite because I like Ruby. I like Nito. <laughs> I do like Nito. <laughs> I like Nito a lot. He's very sweet. He's gotten a lot bigger I don't, in the past couple of months. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, because uh, he had a lot of growing to do. Good Lord. But I like Nito because of his name. <laughs> Why? Nito. I like his attitude. It's Nito. It's not N E A T O. It's N I D O. Well, that's dumb. It's a Pokemon. Changing <laughs> <laughs> it right now just because of Larson's last no, point. No, it's not Nito. It's Nido with a D. You think we just no. named him Nito? That's Nito, dude. Well, we didn't. I thought you named him Nito. No, we named him Nito. <laughs> you know. Why didn't you name him Nito instead of Nito? Because I named him. Well, I I I initially named him Nito. First of all, I am the one who named him. I named him. I thought you named him Nito. You know, Grave Lord Nito. What? The first of the dead. What are you talking about? Dark Souls. We're all coming at this from different angles. Oh my gosh! What the. Oh I'm God. coming at this, like, circa 1956. <laughs> That's neato, dude. <laughs> oh, this is not very neato. This is not very neato at all. Uh, I'm, I'm dead inside right now. Oh, my God. But anyway, I named him Neato because he's named after the Pokemon Neo King and Neato Queen. Oh who I'm God. sure you're familiar with. Because I, mean, I kind of figured once you mentioned it was a Pokemon, I just... I just was too busy being disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a clever name, because I named him that, because Nido King and Nido Queen are actually, like, only... They're not very tall. They're, like, around four feet, I think. So they're, they're, they're much shorter than you'd think they'd be, given their designs, and that's why I named him it, because he was very short. It was clever. He's, he's shorter than you would imagine, given his design, which is out of a kitten. Yeah. Um... Even for a kid, he's very small. Yes, that's the point. Stop making me feel insecure, Matt. But, okay. <laughs> First of all, I don't make you feel insecure. You feel insecure just because you're insecure. It's no one else's fault. <laughs> if you plant the corn in the ground and the corn grows, you are growing corn. No, let's no, talk no, about, let's dogs talk about prestige. What? Why did you say that, Garrett? Why did you say that? No, I have to think about it. Wait, what were you talking about, corn? <laughs> Let's talk about the prestige, because I feel like we need to stop. Let's talk about the prestige. Fair enough. Yeah. Very good movie. Yes, it was very good. It was, it was darker than something I would pick. Like, I I don't really enjoy things that are quite this dark. I enjoy things that are a bit less serious. Larson, your favorite game is Mario Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important that we clarify where your benchmark is going to be for, for darkness. Um, Sunshine oh, isn't my benchmark for darkness. <laughs> Sunshine is just yeah. my favorite game. <laughs> I understand that, but it's important that people have proper context as to the the kind of happy you like, <laughs> and the degree to which you like happy. 
I mean, I like things that aren't happy. I really enjoyed Cowboy Diva. My favorite part is Larson has to say that. I enjoy things that aren't happy. I, I, I mean, enjoy those things, too. I mean, Matt's making it sound like I only like things that are rainbow and sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, one of, one of the things you love more than anything is sunshine. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, there are plenty of rainbows in it. Uh, yeah. No, there actually are, I don't think. Well, that seems like a f- flaw in the design choice. There's a lot of flaws in Mario's sunshine. Like the However, sandbird. Like Mario... No. Mario Kart has rainbow roads. Yeah. That's not happy. So. <laughs> I mean, Gareth. Not happy. Gareth, no. have you, you haven't played Mario Kart 8, have you? No, I have not. Mario Kart 8's rainbow road is not the difficult rainbow road you have come to know and love. It's really easy and kind of boring. Oh, so it's like it's rainbow. Like, it's, like Mar- it's like Mario 64. Um, Mario Kart 64 is rainbow road. Which I also oh okay like. I've played that. I mean it's not as, not as boring as Mario Kart 64's because oh my god it's so bad. Rainbow Road is weird because it's so whimsical and happy and so unforgiving. It's it's like a clown bashing in your knees with a cudgel. Well, it's supposed nice. to be it's supposed to be special. Like the final level of a Mario game is not Bowser's Castle. It's some sort of bright, happy, incredibly difficult obstacle course as, like, a reward. This is a consistent thing across the games. It's a treat. It's an extra little challenge they give you as sort of congratulations. You've beat the game, you know? That's... A victory lap. Yeah, except the lap is really difficult. (laughs) It is a a consistent thing they do. Like, they do it in Donkey Kong Returns as well. Donkey Kong Country Returns, because I've beaten that game, too. They have a very similar sort of ending level. It's very happy, but incredibly difficult, even by that game's standards. Anyway, the Prestige, which we have gotten off topic from. There's hats in it, um, but at first you don't know there's hats. Actually, no. The first thing you know about it is that there are hats. Yeah, you, I spent the whole movie waiting for those hats. That is true. The, if I'm not mistaken, the opening shot is the hats. Yeah, it's the hats and the bird. So, literally, the first thing you know about the movie, before they even give you the title, is hats. Actually, they give you hats, and then they give you cats. So, you know there are hats and cats. And then the title. (laughs) Which is not by Dr. Seuss, just so you know. How many cats are in that opening scene? Because if there's two... There should only be two. If there's two, two. that's pretty clever, and that's foreshadowing. Well, yeah. All of those hats being there are foreshadowing. Yeah, but the hats are the hat. The million hats. Even the hats are less clear. Before the foreshadowing is foreshadowing. Ever, it's it's a story told out of chronological order. It's impossible for most of it to not be foreshadowing. No, I mean like the, the hats what? foreshadow the end. <laughs> no, they don't. A a lot of a lot of the movie foreshadows the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you put it that's what a twist is. I it's mean, Larson. Yeah. There was like four twists. What? There was it, one. There was one twist. The rest was I would, the plot developing. I would say that it is probably the most well tied up uh, plot I've I've seen, at least in recent memory. 
all the stories are so well paralleled, like, thematically, and then they finally all wrap up in the end, and you can see all the parallels, like, who, like, what, who represents who in each storyline and each little bit. I love Prestige. It's so good. It is good. And after watching Inception, I can see why the Prestige is considered, um, what's his name's? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's best movie. Because I do think it was stronger than Inception. Partially because Inception just has action scenes that feel kind of out of place in its, in its very heavy sci-fi world. Inception isn't that great. It's very artsy, but that's really all that it has. Inception has an interesting world. I quite like it, but it feels kind of underutilized a little bit. It also feels feels kind of inconsistent. It's like a game on Kickstarter. If it's not Shovel Knight, don't don't get excited. But it's, it's, I'm <laughs> what? I need to explain that metaphor. Is Max here? Did Max leave? No, I'm here. Okay. Just I, you just started talking about the prestige, so, like, I, I, I just kind of don't <laughs> know. I, I considered a backing potato salad. <laughs> what? Wasn't that a... That was a GoFundMe. That was a GoFundMe. Yeah, that was a GoFundMe. Oh, no. On, on, on was that the potato salad thing where he planned to send no. everybody potato salad? Yes. No, he just wanted to make himself potato salad. But he would. Give he would send a potato salad party if you donated enough money. Oh my God. And he, he actually did it. What? The madman. Oh. You know, there's a point at which irony stops being irony and kind of wraps around and becomes not irony. Okay, stop saying, like, how I live with my memes. <laughs> Let me live with my memes in peace. All right? No kink shaming. <laughs> if you make a Kickstarter, you're not... Sat- satirizing Kickstarters anymore. You're just participating in it. Okay. okay. Maybe? <laughs> so on on the topic of prestige and Inception, I think I should note Inception was written by Christopher Nolan as well as directed, but the prestige was in a screenplay adaptation of a novel written by a guy named Christopher Priest. So you had like a so one of the reasons Prestige is likely better than Inception for having like a, a tighter feel all around is because it had a, this very solid source material from someone whose only job is being a writer. This is what they do. They know what to focus on. They're not thinking about how it's going to look. They they just have to construct the story, and so you get that strong source material, and it's kind of hard to screw it up, especially if you are so directorially gifted as Christopher Nolan. So that's probably why that that works better. Mm. Yeah. If there's anything we've learned from Ruby, it's that people who are trained as writers and are dedicated writers is very important. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be more in that statement. I waited. No, 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 no. There will come a time when we talk about Ruby, but in, we can't. We just can't right now because we have a topic. And it's, I'll it's, be a Patreon extra. 
Oh, another another potential bonus that Prestige has over Inception is David Bowie. True. Just for having been there. I didn't know David Bowie was Tesla until until I looked at it on Wikipedia. Or the eyes weren't a dead giveaway. Do you think I would know David Bowie if I saw him? I'm so out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, whenever I picture David Bowie, I remember him as like... I mean, you wouldn't see him, Larson. I remember back in, in the glory days. He Actually, his glory days went up until he died. I don't remember which album it was, but I, I always picture him as he was in the cover for that one album where like he's sort of looking down, right, and he has his hand up as though he was just running it through his hair. I love that album cover. And it's that's always how I picture David Bowie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I was talking about Nikola Tesla. Gareth, I, I know. I can't remember the, the cover of the album. Well, if you don't know it, you can't remember it either. I'm, what, what point are you making? <laughs> Was there a point to that statement? Not really. Well, what are we talking about anymore? Are we still talking about the prestige? No, not anymore. So. <laughs> Just move on, Jesus Christ. Not, not anymore. So, a couple, couple days ago, I spent my day in the, in the wonderful city of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, my. Yep. Well, we wanted to record. And, yes, and I was I was in Ann Arbor. To be fair, Max was also out out of town at the time. I know. And what are you guys doing? Unavailable. Leaving, having lives. How dare! So we can go out and bring yeah. back interesting things to talk about. No. You have to. Yeah. Sit, you have to Didn't sit at home and that. be lonely. You have to sit at home and be lonely, like the rest of us. The rest of the half of us are the ones who go out, and the other half is lonely. I've been sorting Legos the past couple days. (laughs) Here's the thing. The people want to hear about the wild and crazy times. Which, Ann Arbor, Michigan, is the hipster capital of the Midwest. Wow. That that is what it is. It's, It's almost amazing. I really wish that Michigan had won the war for Toledo back in the day so that I would have been born here and been able to be in Michigan and gotten in-state tuition to U of M. <laughs> I highly doubt that you would have been born in Michigan still if they'd won the war. What are you, or born in Toledo. Well, it's not like it was an actual war. And I would still probably have been born here. I wasn't brought here because it was Ohio. Yes. Well, was it? It's not like it's... wanted Matt to be... Well, it depends. Like, when did your family come into Toledo? Before or after? Actually, the the various nomadic trends of my families is weird. But it's, it's, it's not like that would have moved the city of Toledo. Well, it could have deeply affected it. Maybe. Oh, are, we, talk- are we talking about immigrating? I have a great, I have a great story. Because like, that's like saying like, like, control of Detroit, like way back when, like, you think Detroit would be the same? 
Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe Detroit would still be groovy. <laughs> maybe maybe nothing would have happened. Maybe the world would have been consumed in nuclear hellfire before any of us were... It's all hypothetical. I mean, Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> Ann Arbor is great. It has. It's not very big. It has a population of like 100,000. It's got U of M right there, which is like, I think, the seventh best country. I mean, the, se- the, the, seventh, the, the seventh best country in the University of the United States. <laughs> but it's, it, I believe it was based on Forbes. Forbes gave it, like, the, the seventh highest rating any uh, it's university. Really school. It's like top ten med school. It's really good pretty much everything in school. It's U of M. It's really great. And I, I personally dislike OSU. Now, having seen U of M, they, they've swayed me, or swayed me. Swayed is the word. They've indoctrinated me, and I'm okay with it. You shouldn't be but okay with it. It's such a weird place. I was just walking down the street with my friend, and a man on the other side was walking his ram. I'm sorry. Not, what? Not his goat. There was a there was a man couldn't have been a day over twenty eight long messy knotted hair an overgrown beard a tie dye shirt and, uh, khaki cargo shorts and he was just walking his ram not his goat <laughs> his ram it had these massive ass horns that curled up around its head it was amazing and then we just walked walked away and eventually realized we were walking behind a person who had a massive cactus sticking out of their backpack a live cactus as opposed to a dead cactus or a fake cactus oh (laughs) but clarification right there (laughs) okay this is this is both a story and a warning. If you are ever in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or any other city in the world, watch out for rams. Fine. That's always good watch advice. Watch out for rams, cactus, cacti, bears. Oh man! Hey, depends if it's a different variety of cactus. It is cactuses. Oh my god! It. I don't want to go into this discussion. Again. If it's multiple cactus. The plural of cactus is generally cacti. Matt, you you know you don't want to talk. You don't want to talk about cacti. You want to talk about octopus. And remember, I, if the cactus is stalking you through the desert, it's cacturn. <laughs> and you have stumbled into a game freak game. <laughs> I didn't. I made a Pokemon joke. <laughs> Hooray! But if you f- stumble into a Korean barbecue and they are serving buckwheat noodles of any kind, do not buy them. Do not eat them because they will make you throw up. Well, maybe. Unless you're strong, like me. Why? They will make you throw up. Why will they make you throw up? Is, is this like a thing they that are, they do? They are disgusting. I cannot... I cannot 
properly convey just how utterly garbage these noodles are. Why it is. Them? It was. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> or it wasn't. Okay, I have I have a certain policy when trying like Far East Asian uh, foods that I haven't tried before. Which is, like, every time I go to a restaurant of a culture uh, from which I have not yet eaten, I will try whatever noodles they have on offer. And the only noodles they had on offer at this particular Korean barbecue was, and I'm, I'm very sorry, I can't pronounce Korean things, so this is going to be awful. Nerf it. Ming, me. Ming, <laughs> good job. Ming Mion is the best way I could. I can't figure it out. I can normally figure this sort of thing out. I'm totally lost here. It has too many vowels and consonants <laughs> in weird places. There is a stretch of four consonants, and I can't deal with that. <laughs> I don't know how it wants me to pronounce it. Anyways, I'll just I there's a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia of this of this noodle. It is this tiny stringy uh, noodle. It's it's only a couple hairs thick, pretty much. And when I ate it, it was served with a pair of scissors. Because it is so thoroughly entangled within itself that you have to to pull it up and then cut it. You have to cut your noodles free from the rest of the noodles. If you don't want all the noodles at once, that is. You have to perform a noodlectomy. And here is the particularly egregious thing about this dish. The noodles are served cold. I was I was hoping... For hot, I would have settled for lukewarm. Lukewarm is just what you get when they don't care. This is mm-hmm. this was a very deliberate choice. It is served cold, actually cold. It's kind of gross. It's it was uh, incredibly gross. Except gazpacho was delicious. Mm-hmm. I and never this had is garbage. Well, that's because you're banned, Larson. <laughs> I'm banned from the stand. <laughs> i from the stand. <laughs> oh, God. But the noodles are made of buckwheat. And I didn't know what buckwheat was until I ate it and learned it was pure evil. <laughs> Just in the form of a of a grass. Ah, cool. <laughs> it, is, it is an evil grass that was cultivated for evil purposes. Like, it certainly like, does not sound like it's extra thick, given the size like, of the noodles. <laughs> for evil purposes, like terrorizing Westerners. <laughs> I just implore you, get, get a seafood stir-fry. It'll be great. All right. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, wait, Max went somewhere too, right? You said Max was gone that day as well? I don't know. Max was also gone. Max, where yes. were you? Where were you? I was at uh, my aunt's uh, lake house in uh, Adrian, Michigan. Oh, was it was it the same well, lake house where we went? For yes. 
Okay. Actually, it's Manitowoc Beach, Michigan, but that's near Adrian. Where they've got the boat and they've got the old, the wall, the literal wall of VCRs. Some of them are Bill Cosby. Uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> Some of them, statistically, are likely Bill Cosby. I mean, I, that, that bedroom is where I slept. I had nothing to look at but the wall of VCRs. I don't think there was anything oh. else there. So you would occasionally wake up in the middle of the night, Bill Cosby standing over you. <laughs> I, I I know some people who could relate. I mean, no, because it was dark in that room. Like it was there's there's dark. There's like pleasantly dark, which is what you usually have your room at when you're trying to get to sleep. And then there's pitch black where you can't see. Well, no, like we call it, we call that room the sensory deprivation room. Do you actually? Yes, because it's, like, mostly white, and, like, there's just no sound in it at all, and it's completely dark. Except for... And filled with thing. Bill Cosby. <laughs> A shining beacon. <laughs> Not anymore. This guy, I, I still like Bill Cosby's stand-up. Bill Cosby's 50 performance, his stand-up performance when he was 50 years old, is great. I love it. And a lot of his earlier stuff is really good, too. But it's hard to enjoy unless you can properly dissociate the artist from the art. Yeah. I I personally, I don't know much of Bill Cosby's stand-up, but I remember Dave Chappelle addressing the issue. Saves more than he rapes. What? Say that again? again? He saves more than he rapes. Saves what? <laughs> People, I guess, with his How? example. What? He was always about, like, growing up, thinking wisdom, uh, oh. gentleness, kindness, kind of, you, you know, it, it sucks that that's not who he was. I, there's a clip of Norm MacDonald talking to Jerry Seinfeld and explaining that uh, someone was talking with him and said that he thought that the worst part of the Bill Cosby thing was the hypocrisy. Norm disagreed. Norm thought it was the raping. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I'm not... I'm thinking about the Bill Cosby stand-up I know, and I'm not seeing a lot of... a huge amount of, like, chivalry and kindness in it. Like, well, it's not about the stand-up. It's about uh, the Cosby show, and it's about uh, kids say darn Dad, the made-for-TV movie... <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh. <laughs> You guys want to move on to the topic? Yeah, yeah. OJ's getting out of jail I mean, uh, I don't even know anything about that Neither do I I don't even, like, is he getting out early for good behavior? Has he? I don't know I, don't, I think he was granted parole it, it, he's going on probation for good behavior because technically he wasn't like in there for murder. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Oh god, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't in there. Though, if you could be retried for uh, your attempts at career revitalization, I'm sure he would be in there for for, for five lifetimes. For for those of you who don't know, after. After the trial, 
at which he was found not guilty for the murder of his wife and friend. O.J. Simpson did two things uh, before he started doing more uh, illegal stuff that got him in jail. He released a book, I believe it was called If I'd Done It, where he goes into great detail about how it couldn't have been him that murdered his wife because he would have murdered his wife like this and then goes on to explain the ways, multiple ways, in which he would have murdered his wife. And and when that didn't exactly pan out, he started a uh, prank show in the theme of punked, I believe it was called Juiced, where he would, where he would go around, where he would go around and punk people but instead of Ashton Kutcher jumping out and saying, you got punked, it would be O.J. Simpson going, you got juiced. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, there was one episode where he was trying to sell a used car, except the used car was scratched and dinged up and had a lot of bullet holes in it. He got out of a chase with it, and he's trying to sell it, and there are, like, blood stains inside the car. It was fake blood, presumably. <laughs> and probably and eventually like they go and take a look inside and they open up the glove compartment and the other glove is in there and OJ's like oh that's where I left it you got juice what do you, mean? you got juice what, is, what do you Apparently. mean the other glove one of the, one of the fixtures of OJ's trial was his glove uh, or, or the glove that was known to have been used by the murderer. One of the uh, rallying cries of the people who uh, defending OJ was, "If if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit." And I don't believe he tried it on in the uh, in the criminal trial, but in the civil case, he did try it on, and it fit like a glove. <laughs> Well, of course, but did it he was, well. It became was, known as the Doomfist from then on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Which Doomfist was it? The, like, the Scourge, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he used the gauntlet. He ran around the world. <laughs> Juicing people, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's out. He tried to get the name. He's out now. The juice is loose. <laughs> he tried to get the name Juice Fist. It didn't fit. <laughs> what kind of juice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good! You picked up on it. Well, this was this was the oh joke throughout his entire career. His initials were OJ. So, like when he was the football player, and he'd like get, he would like be away from everyone and running down the football field. I don't know anything about football. The, the commentators would would shout, "The juice is loose." <laughs> get it? <laughs> And then he was, and then he was in the Naked Guns one and two, and then he allegedly murdered his wife, and everything just sort of went downhill from there. Uh, I have to say allegedly because he was found not guilty in the criminal trial. True. 
Wait, wasn't he? Is he the one who was found guilty in the civil trial? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I'm not good with names. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. the matter at hand, the, the the topic for today. Oh yeah, are we, are we not actually, actually? Are we actually moving? It's not on actually OJ Simpson. Are you moving on <laughs> to the topic now? Are we finished with this nonsense? <laughs> This all this is all nonsense. As We've long as it's rec- entertaining nonsense. My recording's at an hour. Yeah, my recording's at almost an hour as well. <laughs> Granted, I can probably cut out parts of it because Matt told a story incredibly slowly, and we had that one part that I can't remember. You just like times three speed, Matt. Uh huh. That works. I recognize that I speak kind of slowly in the in the recording. Yeah, my dad doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned something what about you. I mentioned something about you talking to like John Mulaney, and he was like, "Yeah, but Matt's delivery is really slow." <laughs> so yeah, get dunked on, you nerd. Oh and no! Who are you talking to? Santa Claus. No. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, right. the topic today is automation or the robots taking our jobs. And specifically our jobs. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys remember who went first last time? Was it was it me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would like to just make a note in my defense. I am trying to slow down my delivery so I don't accidentally do a lot of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> As I, a nineteen year old red blooded American male, am wont to do. <laughs> uh I I'm just tired today. I'm just really burnt out. Mm, tasty. Anyway, I love Ocon too. Why don't Why don't you go first then and talk about automation? Let's hear what you have to say. Who is you? There are three yeah, you. I was, I was, Gareth. Gareth was the last one to talk, so I assumed it was given that I was speaking to him. Gareth, go. Well, no, I don't want to go right now. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't really feel like it. Out. I literally just said that. I know. I think that was the point. There was a, there was some subtle irony there in me putting you on the spot immediately after you said how burnt out you were. Larson, you go. Oh, fine. All right. So I've been thinking about this, this automation thing of, of robots solely replacing the workforce, and I think it makes logical sense and monetary sense. It's kind of hard to argue with that, and it's... Also kind of hard hard to argue with the fact that it would happen in a couple of years, or fairly soon, if money was the only issue. But it's not. Businesses care about things that aren't money. Like, do you remember when there was that bakery that wouldn't sell the wedding cake to a lesbian couple? That happened fairly oh, recently. Yeah, I I don't even know if that's resolved yet. I saw it in the paper. I don't think it's resolved. But... That's not a good business decision. You are losing a customer purely on a feeling that you hate gay people, which is bad. You should be serving them. That's not the point. My point is that people will... As do- are overlords. <laughs> it's inevitable. Keep going, Larson. What? Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. He was making a robot overlord joke. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got scared. Anyway, um... People do things that are actively bad for their businesses because they feel like it. And I can see... Like Nintendo. 
Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Splatoon's god-awful voice chat system. God, what is wrong with them? Anyway, people do things that are bad for their businesses, and I can see people staving off automation because they don't like it. Like, I can see Jimmy John's having a full staff of sandwich makers till the bitter end when they're vastly outclassed just because Jimmy wants to have the sandwiches made by people and not robots. So I think that even though automation seems like it should be coming soon, I'm skeptical of how fast it will arrive because of the resistance that people will place on it. I'm going to note, as far as the example of the bakery, it's, it isn't small businesses that are going to be replacing their workforce with automated workers. It's going to be larger megacorporations, things like factories, Uber, and a little uh, bakery in some podunk conservative town. I actually don't know where the bakery was. I hope I, hope I wasn't too far off base. But it's not that, like that has a... I thought that was a local news story. Around here? It's probably, at, like, everywhere in the country. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It, I know that it wasn't an Ohio bakery. That's that's a big story. I, I uh, don't, don't quote me on this. I think that that is actually going to the Supreme Court to see whether or not you can discriminate on uh, religious grounds against uh, homosexuals and trans people, presumably. Mm-hmm. But... A little, a little bakery in a podunk town doesn't have a board of executives. It's not a, it's not a company by committee where the uh, ideals and vision of the individual who would theoretically be at the helm gets dissolved across the numerous people. It's humanity is a lot more diffuse in bigger companies. So while, while a company like the little bakery might take a, a moral stand, if you want to call it that, on gay marriage or whatever. I don't know if that necessarily translates to a mega corporation making what would be a massive amount of money uh, difference. Because also the, the profit margin changes. If Imagine if that Matt, bakery... Matt, 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 I need to cut you off here. Because we have three other people that need to give their opening statements before we can start the discussion. Fine. <laughs> okay, Matt, but I will say I will say one thing in response. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. That's fair. Which I think is the same sort of principle. I used a different example, uh, probably a more a more drastic one, but I think that I think the idea still stands. Anyway, who wants to I go th- next? I think the Chick-fil-A one is very valid and, and really strong. All right, who wants to go next? Uh, Max, do you want to go, or do you want me to go? I mean, I think Matt was on a roll. I think Matt should just keep doing <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> His opening statement. <laughs> as, as my opening statement goes, one of, the <laughs> one of the issues I have with automation is, well, you see, I just finished a playthrough of uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3, where... <laughs> I knew it was going to come up. It had to come up. Sci-fi has always been defined by whatever cultural anxiety is holding sway at the time. Like, uh, the the Incredible Hulk got his powers from radiation. 
So did Spider-Man. That was during the Cold War. Everyone's terrified of AI now, which is why movies like Her exist, and which is why uh, Mass Effect is so relevant and popular right now, aside from the fact that it is. What about Ex Machina? Oh, that too. I loved Ex Machina. That's another story. But that wasn't, like, for AI, really. It was... The, one of the main characters was an AI, Max. Yeah, but it wasn't really pro-AI, was it? It doesn't need to be pro-AI. Well, yeah, I mean... The Hulk yeah. wasn't pro-radiation. <laughs> well, I don't well, know. No, but you were, you were saying... You wouldn't like, like me when I'm angry. I'll nuke the USSR. <laughs> you like a true well, god fear in America. Well, you made it sound like, in mainstream media, like, there's fears, and then, like, the me- there's medias that, like, quell those fears. Uh, if I if I made it seem like that, then that's not my intention. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering that whatever fear or paranoia is prevalent at the time, most sci-fi is going to try and take advantage of that, or at least, ad- I don't know, take advantage is the right word, but at least address it. So w- one of the central things is the, the AI will rise up and destroy their creators. Not saying that will happen. Shout out to Elon Musk, <laughs> who has been who's been basically on tour recently, decrying the development of AI, saying it will destroy us all. Uh, destroy us all. Destroy us all. <laughs> AIs don't like tangellos. Uh, destroy us all. <laughs> but so one of the points that is made depending on certain choices in Mass Effect, is that we're just not ready for AI and and the consequences that that brings. And regardless of whether or not it was going to rise up and overthrow us, I think that there is a lot of wisdom in the idea that we're not quite ready for the implications of AI. And that's sort of my stance on automation and the mechanization of the workforce. Because we don't have a culture right now that looks very favorably upon the unemployed, and it doesn't really have, we don't have many uh, societal structures there to support people who don't have jobs. And what happens when almost everyone can't have a job? When the vast majority of the population can't outcompete a robot in whatever their chosen field was, and so they can't get a job. I personally think that we should probably take steps to force a slowdown of the development of mechanization and automation because we have to let our culture develop to the point and sort of uh, get its feet wet in the idea that maybe we need to take a new approach to how we address money. All right. All right. Radical. Who's next? Max, do you want to go or should I go? No, you can go. All right. Well, I'm extremely for automation, especially because at this point, I'm for everything that's been said so far, I, I'm seeing this a way different way because I think you guys are, like, seeing... I, I don't like the fact that the whole generalization of just these are the jobs is what I'm kind of hearing, because for things like transportation, you really don't need any human part of that. Portfolio businesses and um, frickin' socks, 
you don't really need the human part of that either. Of all the things that you don't need that human touch, they can already be automated if not they're if not they're already being automated. So like I don't think there should be a slowdown of it. I think that we should start like addressing it beforehand. I mean, currently I think a lot of there's been a lot of talk about um UBI, universal uh, is it UBI, yeah, universal basic yeah. income. Um, but of course, at that point, everyone's going to be like socialists, communists, um, and all, all that stuff. But I, I won't get into that argument right now because that's probably going to happen in a discussion. But I, I think that the the problem with the whole automation part is just the amount of jobs that could be just taken off the market all at once very quickly because we're not prepared for it. And I don't think slowing down the automation part will really stop a company from trying to get faster in the first place because they they want money too. Everyone has – all those big companies have their own R&D departments. I mean, that's kind of where AI is being made right now. That and universities. I mean, yeah, but – the was it Google DeepMind? Freaking what was the other one? I mean, I'm not going to talk about like. Also, this is another job that I was just kind of thinking off the top of my head, like medical reasons and stuff. You, I guess, um, you you something a job like that you need like human touch in it, but there's a lot of aspects that don't need that human touch to it. Like I mean, you don't need freaking um people who. I get where Larson was talking about for the, um, you know, make, make sandwiches and stuff. You'd like to have, like, actual people do that. But in a lot of places, uh, I'm not going to point out, like, some certain fast food places, but all the behind-the-scenes stuff is very automated. Up front, it doesn't have to be. And that's how I think it's probably going to go through. The backs are going to be automated very quickly, and we won't be able to keep up with it, and that's where our problem will actually lie. I, I'd like to point out that that's Let where I go first. To, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let me clarify something. Is this um, going to be more towards the discussion around, like, is it a good thing or a bad thing, or just general thoughts about what will happen if it does continue, or...? The answer is yes. Just, just talk about a thing. It's not... We don't have to take a side if it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. We all kind of just did naturally. But uh, if you have something that you well, think adds to it, go ahead. Well, I think uh, it's definitely a good thing, but uh, I, I would... I sort of agree uh, with Matt that it's not really a reasonable thing at this point, um, at least not the like not in the very near future, just because there is a lot of people. Um, I mean, more specifically in America, that is that like would probably resist that or don't understand it or like how it would benefit anything, and so I think there is a a big ideological wall that needs to be overcome before that forms a general acceptance in people's minds and, like, in the workplace or whatnot. So I do think it's a good idea to have because it just increases the rate at which stuff gets done, and uh, that's always a good thing. 
not necessarily, but I would see that as a good thing at this point. But but I don't I don't think people are going to go for it. All right. So okay. it, it sounds like it sounds like Matt, Max, and I are all kind of on the same side of this, in that we think that it's it's a net positive, but people aren't going to like it because people. I th- I think Gareth is on that fence too. I mean, side of the fence too. Sorta. I think people would be way more likely in favor of it in just the certain markets. For example, I mean, Tesla's literally coming out with a self-driving truck. If you start saying less of AI and stuff, and just say self-driving truck, it moves on its own. People are like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Witchcraft. You say that. Well, my. I'm just gonna know. I'm not so much concerned with AI. I mean, that's what's gonna threaten my job, but I I care a lot more about the millions of people who have even less job security in the face of automation than me. So, like, truck drivers aren't going to think the self-driving truck is cool because then they're not going to be able to drive trucks anymore. To be fair, I can see that the average person not thinking the self-driving truck is very cool either because it's pretty easy to think this automated vehicle with no one behind the wheel will have trouble well, that a human will be able to avoid. It's like, can it be able to control itself if it get, if the road is wet and it's uh, raining or if it's asleep? And the answer is yes, obviously. But how can you reassure people? How can you make people not have that nagging doubt? And that's the problem, I think. I mean, I mean it's probably because self-driving trucks don't get drunk. at the first place. I mean, I'm definitely in favor of... Um, I wish they would just straight up just, like, put them on the streets and not have people in it, but it, you're going to have people in it when they first come out. They're just in assistance right now. Yeah. So, so like, you'll still have people in it, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. Everything, like, sort of will ease in until it's just this big, steep, it gets better economically, and then everyone's going to be like, well, now what? You're, you're suggesting that human and AI live side by side to love each other. Human and Omnic live in harmony? It could <laughs> never happen. The synthesis ending of Mass Effect 3. <laughs> I don't like that ending. <laughs> I don't like, like any of the endings. I like the control ending, to be quite honest. I, I'm okay with the control ending. I just wish that Shepard didn't have to die. Spoilers! Yeah. What? No. I still don't know who or what you guys are talking about. Though. Oh, no. You're talking about the V-mass of the I effect. Was, I was, I was going to go with destroy, and then I thought, wait, all synthetic life? Again? Yes. No. All synthetic life. All I could think about was, does this unit have a soul? And so I went with synthesis. <laughs> oh, God, not synthesis. <laughs> yeah, synthesis. And then everyone got that weird green circuitry on their skin. Except for Tally, who got it on her clothes for one scene for some reason. Because they can't her face. Anyways, that digression aside. I think I just realized the reason why um, I'm, like, sort of... I mean, how about Larson sees that I'm sort of, like, on the other side of the fence than all three of y'all? Mm-hmm. I'm going that to my agent for transhumanism. <laughs> I literally yesterday looked up how to control cockroaches with electronics because I thought it was cool. Is transhumanism that, that it is I, really cool? Is transhumanism the idea that you like transport your consciousness into a into a computer? Is that yes. transhumanism? 
it's just the you take humans and you also take all the um basically you just use technology to speed up quote unquote evolution. Oh, okay, so like robots. Hmm. Yeah. Cyborgs. So the, the synthesis ending of Mass Effect 3. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, some of us haven't played Mass Effect. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying this part even though I've never played it. Uh, it's not just about you. It's about people who listen to this, if anybody ever listens to it. So me? It's, it, hey, the, the ending of Mass Effect 3 was so universally panned that most people know at least a little bit about it. At least no. if they had interest in the series. I am I'm currently on the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. And I am what and I'm looking at a table of all the of all the employment statistics by industrial sector. Yeah. And, and between mining, construction, and manufacturing, we employ at least in 2014, 19,170,500 abouts people in those jobs. And those, I, those, those are the, like the lowest skill job. Like, no offense to the people in those industries. Those, those are currently, objectively, the lowest skilled jobs in the U.S. economy, and those will be the first to get replaced entirely by robots. Isn't that something you'd want, though, man? No. That is... Well, well they wouldn't. Okay. Well, well do. okay. That is, that is something I would want if those, tw- those 20 million people would be able to get, like, other jobs. But that's 20 million people, just straight up unemployed. And... Maybe, because there are all these robots, there's going to be a bigger market for an electrical engineer. Do you think, like, 20 20 million people from the lowest skill job sector, a lot of whom are probably in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, are going to go back to school and get training as an engineer? Maybe a mechanic or electrician if they go to a technical school. But even then, 20 million? Yeah, that's not good. Max, you work at Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. There are people at Jimmy John's, not a lot of them. There are more at places like Wendy's. But there are some people at Jimmy John's who Jimmy John's is their job for their life. They don't have any prospects bigger than it. Mm-hmm. Those people, would, and people like them, and all sorts of jobs all across the nation, would no longer have a job. What do they do mm-hmm. then? And will it, will it happen to the government the makes jobs like every other time the yeah. U.S. has been without jobs? But where? I, I, where do I they do put the I, jobs? I want to start. I don't know, housing industry. What? Um, <laughs> what do you mean the housing industry? Making houses. That's construction. Those are the people who are getting replaced by robots. <laughs> who? How are robots going to do? <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to get robots to build things, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of silly. You'd, you'd like, to build a house? Yeah. Currently, we can literally make freaking prosthetic arms that can feel. I think yeah. it's not going to be that hard to get a robot. I mean, we already have robots. Wasn't that one guy trying to 3D print, a, like, a freaking house? I, I mean, I there's, there's no, Max. there's no robots that can walk as of now, and there probably won't be for a while. Max, we don't need to cast. 
Next, there's a building that can literally 3D print houses and put them what? on trucks that eventually will get automated. Aren't those just plastic houses? <laughs> no, you can 3D print. Well, right now they are plastic, but you can 3D print <laughs> in other things other than plastic. Yeah, man. Maybe so. At, at the moment, there are currently a lot of different in, uh, companies trying to build drones that can build things, and they're working. I, I, I do also want to kind of point out this this part that I'm um, also thinking about. I think I saw a video on it a few weeks ago, but if you kind of see where all the the really big companies right now, um, I'm, I'm going to call them like quote unquote innovation companies. For example, oh. you know, back back in the day, um, I'm talking about companies like Google and Microsoft, right? The okay. amount of people that are employed to those companies, in particular Google, is a way less than the quote unquote innovative companies a hundred years ago that were like it, the amounts of people getting hired by those companies getting smaller and smaller. It, the about I think the more and more we get engrossed in electronics and internet as uh, things to like, sell to people, the smaller the jobs will even um, be available in the first place. So you can't even, like, replace the. You can't just put them into um, the sectors because the sectors are getting smaller and smaller as time goes on. Yeah. As an example for the, for the construction thing, Max, Im- imagine a fleet of drones all controlled by one uh, grand decentralized artificial intelligence. Maybe not a true AI, but... Brain world. That just sounds ridiculous. That's good. Well, here's the thing, Max. There are actually prototypes of this that work and can, like, stack. Well, I didn't mean ridiculous in the sense that it wouldn't work, but just ridiculous to imagine. (laughs) But, Max, those exist. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. Brain world. (laughs) Like I said, it didn't sound like it was, I didn't say ridiculous in that, like, it wouldn't, it, like, those are, those don't exist, but more ridiculous, and I was imagining it, and that looked ridiculous. And it's, it's not hard <laughs> to, to like, like movie. It's, it's not hard to take that to, well, they can place down, like, a plank of wood, and then another one can fly in, because they're all controlled, they're all just arms of the same intelligence acting, can just bring one that has a built-in nail gun that nails it into place. That's freaking Yeah, it's super cool until you realize that there are a bunch of people who aren't going to be able to feed their families because that should have been their job. Well, to be fair, I mean, I guess the the more and more mechanization would be taking off, you'd you'd probably see the more correlation of capitalism not being a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, that's, that's where the line comes in. Point. That's kind of, I think, where Gareth was going with this, is that America, in case you haven't realized this, America likes capitalism. America likes yeah. capitalism a lot. They will burn you at the stake if, they hear, if you hear you say the word socialism with something that isn't a slur. <laughs> you know, I, imagine, I, I kind of remembered that a lot of people didn't burn Bernie Sanders at the stake. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't win. He didn't win. Well, he, he didn't win, but he wasn't burned at the stake. No, no, it's, no. It is becoming a lot less taboo. Well, it's becoming a lot less taboo in the left, but that's just because we're just getting more... Po- well, that's another topic. I also want to point out that we're all college kids in college. Yeah. Very left. Your point? What? Are you kidding? What? Bunch of, bunch what? Of bleed nuts. Uh, but I don't go to Berkeley, so not that left. <laughs> 
Are, are you trying to start an intercollegiate feud? Is that what you... I think that intercollegiate feud is... Wait, was the guy who threw a freaking bike lock? I think he was a TA, so he wasn't a professor. Never mind. Anyway. What is the um, story? There was a guy who threw a bike lock at one of the protesters and stuff. During a protest. Why a bike lock? I don't know. Really it's like, it's why the do, bike why was too heavy. I don't know where he got a bike lock. I mean, I guess he presumably a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that like there's just a video of him just in that crowd holding a bike lock and then throwing it at a guy. Like, okay. Or maybe he just carries around a bike lock to throw <laughs> it. Moving on, <laughs> I've gone through this point. <laughs> I like making fun of um, places like that because Lily lives there, but literally 10 minutes from her house. Anyway. <laughs> so those sectors, and maybe not all those people are going to their jobs. They're still going to need people to man those drones that go into the mines and build the houses. Yeah, and just a lot less of them. Yeah, almost none. Mm-hmm. And then there's all, like, uh, trans... Transportation and warehousing uh, covers about four and a half million people's jobs. Those those are going to be gone. And though a lot of the other descriptions that the uh, BLS is giving me is sort of vague, I'm assuming that there are plenty in there who will be able to be replaced. A lot of agricultural uh, jobs oh, yeah. will be replaced by automation. I mean, most of their job is just operating farm equipment. If you can make mm-hmm. the farm equipment operate itself, they don't need to be there anymore. Well, to be fair. Some of it already it is. Yeah. I mean, most, that's what farms pretty much are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's they a reason. those corn maces themselves? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we just get a scythe. <laughs> Someone say scythes. Oh, my. They make an AI procedurally generate the corn maze. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roguelike. Well, I mean, as we, as we as we as as we transfer more and more to the future, you're going to see slavery become a thing again. Exactly. Oh, I actually do. I love that point, especially because I don't know how I feel about it. Because I'm still on the edge, whether or not they'll have feelings. I mean, probably not. not. I mean, but actually, it depends. On, it depends on their capacity of learning, I guess. But I think I think this should be an entirely different topic because the whole topic of should robots have rights is pretty big. <laughs> Can we, uh... Yeah. Let's go on to, um... We're mostly uh, focused on, like, yeah, manufacturing and the economics. So, and yes, social. just the beginning section. Because, really, if we're seeing this, like, very, very long term, everything will sort itself out if we don't immediately all die. Um, because, you well, know, let's just say here... The is supposed to do things correctly. I'm saying supposed because, you know... Nobody's perfect. I would say, like, you give it a couple generations, and then, like, most people will start to get more and more specialized jobs. I... But there I won't be any jobs to be had, really. How I don't think specialized jobs? There's so many like the people. There's so many people, Max. How are all of them going to have specialized jobs? We don't yeah. need that many yodelers. Yeah, this is very. That's very what you think. There's going to be <laughs> there's going to be more specialized people because they're going to be trying to like get you know around it. But the people like Matt was saying that it's that's what they've been doing it for you know so long. They can't just. I mean, they could. 
I don't think 20 million people are just going to go back to college. Well, no, that's not what I said. I'm, like, saying, like, in a couple of generations, like, after those people, like, then that's when that that starts to come into play. And then you have that, then, that, you know, with the mechanization, that, like, a a abundance of time and resources is now available. And so... But but what about now? What do you mean? I mean, cars can be fully automated within five years. Mm-hmm. Every every semi, every taxi, every truck could be self-driving, and all those people mm-hmm. could be out of jobs in like the next five years, which is generous. Asterix, like, if everyone could afford a car, I know you smart asses out there. Shut up, Gareth. <laughs> but like that could happen within five years. It won't. That's five years is pretty generous. But what would happen then? What would we do? Well, I I think we'd I be have, having cars driving us. I would assume. <laughs> yes, but what would all those okay. people Wait, no, do? Larson, not not what would not what we would do because we're not cabbies or truck drivers. What would they do? Well, I yeah. I, I kind think, of felt like that I was given. Is, I think yeah. we're having a very different, very. So the mindset on it is we all think that we have to have jobs. The thing I was talking about for UBI is eventually there's going to be a point where people literally would do more harm than um, help if we just put everyone into having a job, if they literally could do your job better. Yeah, upload, yeah uprising of the proletariat. Praise Marx. <laughs> hey, UBI, UBI, the government doesn't take all your assets. They're still privately owned technically. They're just distributed through tax, which I guess is freaking socialism with extra steps. But... Still, it's Ooh, la, la. Not looks like somebody's getting laid in college. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to make it sound like a Rick and Morty quote, but it was. Okay, Gareth has a girlfriend. <laughs> Matt, you want to maybe back up a couple steps? I understand, but the opening was there, and I had to take it. Was, was that all a Rick and Morty? <laughs> Sorry, quote? Lily. Because I was, it was almost completely a Rick and Morty quote. Okay, because I it wasn't even supposed to be. I was like, Gareth has a girlfriend. I'm pretty sure she's real. I assume that girl I met during homecoming wasn't paid. It was she was. Well, in <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. prom, <laughs> these, these things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Anywho. Well, I mean, we're, we're, I didn't pay for, like, half the plane ticket. Uh, we were talking about the riots that will ensue of oh, right. the mm-hmm. transportation people that will be put out of jobs by self-driving cars. Yeah, we'll make the ticket times. The <laughs> robots. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is real there. <laughs> so, what, like, the the backslide into socialism is sort of the obvious end result, at least obvious to me, maybe. I think the problem is, like, if then if people, like, just suddenly just stop working, and then, like, so what do those people who are now just not doing anything, do they get a say in, like, government? Do they get a say in anything? They do already. You can still vote, man. I have, I have, well, yeah, but, like, but they're not, like, you could, like, people who are working can make the argument they're not being useful at all, like, why should they get anything? Well, here's, here's the thing. Imagine that, like, the jobs are set up on a pyramid. At the base are the lowest skills, and at the tip are the highest skills. Yeah. There are obviously more lower skilled jobs than there are the highest skilled jobs. And yes. the, the tide of automation is a, a rising floodwaters that will eventually overtake everything. 
And yeah. you presume, what, yes. Well, in this situation, Max, since we are a democracy, what happens when over half the population is literally unemployable? Yeah. Um, for, for, for Max, just to, uh, I'm going to agree with him just in a different time setting because I think everything's going to be fine and dandy until the people who realize, I, I don't, there's going to probably be a pretty considerable gap considering people will get the uh, basic income, just living just a regular life, and the people who have actual robot slaves that do every, do all their bidding. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Eventually, <laughs> they might not be slaves, okay? They might not be self-aware. <laughs> yes. Okay. If they're self-aware, it's slavery. If they're not, it's not. Uh, what's I, I just said that as a funny point. I said that as a funny... Because then... Requ required watching uh, Star Trek Season 2, The Measure of a Man. Go watch it. I mean, <laughs> it'd be the same thing more having, this like, personhood thing next time. I mean, it'd be the same thing as having like, a team of cattle man your plow. They're not self-aware, but they're still kind of slaves. How are they self-aware? <laughs> well, I mean, not that they're slaves. <laughs> I mean, cows are slaves. <laughs> Well, they're alive. I, get, I, get his, I get Max's point. I mean, the cow's not yeah. going to come up to you and say, we want free of our oppression. Well, that's because they can't of your <laughs> <laughs> Cow rents for cow <laughs> Yeah. Bovine lives matter. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I'm going to Bovine University. Whereas, probably, like, in the first AI that are developed, there's probably not going to be, there's not probably going to be an AI that's going to say, like, hey, you should stop treating us like slaves. I mean, how do you know? Because well, we probably won't design them to do that. We don't <laughs> at least not at the beginning. It anyways, it's an AI. What? It can reason for itself. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, the first AI is going to look on other uh, is probably going to look on other machines the same way we look on cattle. And we're not talking about master AI. We're talking about general AI. I'm assuming. Yeah. Because we've already made very, very good master AI. What's master AI? That's AI that's specifically built for one purpose and doesn't learn anything else other than that one purpose. Mm -hmm. Like chess, the boss we play out in freaking video games. <laughs> They're bad AI in some respects. Anyway, um, yeah, just to finalize the point that I was trying to say before is if eventually, I, I just want to say this, and I don't really want to go too deep into it because this is just... The yeah, tinfoil hat speaking. Um, if a lot of, if a very small amount of people have all of the power, and there's literally no no reason for all these other human beings to actually exist other than they're humans, you can just kill all of them. Yeah, I. With what? Because there's n there's nothing that you can do with your robot army. Because they <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how you, you we can't fight against our own government at this point. It's I mean, if if the trends that you're you're saying are going to be held true, there is no reason why like a robot military could not exist. I think a robot it military probably will exist. Yes, actually. Because, I mean, who knows? Dude, be like it's he's just being okay. done right now. <laughs> Maybe you buy that three hundred. Um, Boston Dynamics is sweet. 
robots. And then you have a bunch of, then you have people who control the, who control the armies, and then those armies have no moral qualms about anything that they do. Okay, everyone watch Black Mirror. Anyway, um, though side side note, do that, do all of that. Watch it. All three seasons. It's going to be a fourth one. It's great, especially White Christmas. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, that one freaks me the freak out. Oh, as long as we're really, as long as we're suggesting left me scarred. As long as we're suggesting supplementary readings, we have to mention humans need out apply because that's where we're all basing all of our information, except for Max, who I kind of assume hasn't seen it. It doesn't seem. Wait, like what movie? It's not a movie. It's not a movie. It's a 15 minute video. Oh, uh, what video? Be great. Yeah, it's a CGP Grey video called Humans Need Not Apply. It's essentially oh. where Matt, Max, and I are coming from. Mm, it's, 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 That's not where I'm coming from. Uh, I can tell, actually, because you said a lot of things that he addresses in the video, exactly. I've watched a lot of YouTube, and it's not just him. I mean, I could probably link a few things. Like, there's the Curse Result video. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, like, in a nutshell. Uh, I've watched Curse Result. Blumenkrantz? Curse Result. Blumenkrantz. But... My, no, I, I pay attention to this what's interesting in talking about is the economics part of it. I think it's oh, kind of yeah. cool. The, the economics part is what uh, mostly fascinates me because I, I look at the whole problem and I basically go, Moore's Law. Processing power gets okay. twice as powerful. It doubles think, every two years. I don't think Moore's Law – I think Moore's Law is starting to not be a thing because we're getting to the point where transistors are just getting too small. And I, I yeah. yeah, and I mean, um, the twice the power, twice the processing speed for at least CPUs. I don't think of the thing anymore. AMD Threadripper. AMD back. <laughs> what are you talking about? AMD sponsored. AMD's always been like a thing. I mean, it's always been less than Intel, but it's always been like kind of the number two, hasn't it? Are those yeah, the people exactly. who let you download more RAM? It's red versus blue, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Totally. So, what is the story with the RAM? Um, <laughs> Max, there's a website you can go to. It's called DownloadMoreRAM.com. No, you can't you can do go that. Go there. <laughs> you can download more RAM. You can download more RAM. Just in case it's down, don't worry. <laughs> Other people already downloaded all their RAM, and they need to go out and and harvest more RAM. <laughs> harvest you download a 1080 Ti right now. I am just a simple out. farmer tending to my RAM. Re- remember, <laughs> where do you how live? <laughs> Remember, I was out in Ann Arbor, and a man was just walking his ram down the street, throwing it so that we could download it for our pleasure. All right, guys, I think I think this is a pretty good note on which to end our kind of scatterbrained conversation on AI. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Anything that didn't come up? In AI, I would have been able to discuss how AIs will work far better than we ever could. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's true. It is. <laughs> Eventually it'll be true, but right now no. it confuses pictures with cats. Robots write bloody newspaper stories. Of course one could write a better Well, specifically I think right now for the newspaper stories it's mainly sports stories, which is very block heavy when you're coming to writing. But let's not I assume Marsh that you have never heard of Doctor Mary in the in the pitch black room. I have heard of Pitch Backroom. We talked oh. about it. It's where all the Bill Cosby <laughs> Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> My gosh. You know, at this point, I think I'm just a laugh track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Well, do we're like... Where like Dr. Mary knows everything there is to know about color. Knows every sing- knows she knows every single color, the history of color, how color exists. But she lives in a black and white room and can only watch a black and white TV. I've and heard of this. Everything yes, is black and white. But then when but when Dr. Mary finally steps outside and sees all the color, then she truly you know, experiences the color. If someone is in a locked room and you ask them questions in French, and in front of them, they have an English-to-French translating book. Mm-hmm. Is that the equivalent yeah. of a computer? Are computers just just reading stuff out of a translation book without knowing what it says, or are they actually understanding it? That's a very difficult question. I did not ask that question correctly. I'll find the real thing. Well, I mean, I guess they would know so much as what the definition is that has been prescribed to them. Well, at this point, I think you're talking about self-awareness. Yeah, we can't talk about this. We've been going so for that's, No, yeah. we, we yeah. can't. But Gene Roddenberry can't. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Season 2. I don't remember which episode, The Measure of a Man. Go watch it. Stop great. your shameless plugging. <laughs> if it's Star Trek, I will plug as much as I damn well please and right. you better get used to it. All right. Buster. No, well, we're gonna, no, we're, no, we're stopping before Matt has a chance to plug anything else. But before we leave... Can I talk about how Mario Galaxy 1 is superior to Mario Galaxy 2? 